And we're back. Oh, I just, I love, I love, you know, we should just delete that sound. I can and then do, you it. do you it. Know, it. As soon as the, as soon as the news finishes. It's funny. I had the exact opposite thought. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, hey, welcome back Boom. to the show. We are in our second hour and we're going to have another question for the quiz. Ooh. In which compartment of the sanctuary was the table of showbread? Should I give them the clues? Was it the courtyard, the holy, or the most holy place? Ooh. They're the three compartments. So, you know, it's one of those guys. Courtyard, holy, or most holy. In which compartment of the sanctuary was the table of showbread? If you know the answer to that one, you will go into the draw to win Bibleopoly, the board game, a biblical game of fun and faith. And where you work together, make your way around the board, and... And win the game. I just wanted to throw out. I, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm allowed to do this, but I'm going to do this anyway. Uh-huh. Shell, uh, if I'm not allowed to do this, just cancel me and kick me out. Um, <laughs> I want canceled. to. Say, I want to give an extra point. Uh-huh. An ex, this is an extra Blake point. It's coming out of nowhere. If they can tell me what eating the showbread represents in our daily walk with Jesus. Okay. Okay. That's extra point. Okay, so what does eating the showbread, and where is it found, and what is eating the showbread, and we get their name an extra time into the drawing. Is that okay? Is that fair? Okay. Oh, I got the thumbs up. Yeah. And I'll give you another point. No, <laughs> I won't give you. But wait, there's but, more. But if you want to, you can show us the example that the Bible gives that tells us that we should eat it. Ooh. Of which, which person does the Bible give us an example of who ate it, but shows that we should eat it. This yeah. is a trifecta. A yeah. pers- this is like but, shooting threes like Steph Curry yeah, from Beyond the Ark. Like, <laughs> you can hit a three right now. Yeah. Get your points downtown. Three entries. But again, that question was, that the original question, in which compartment of the sanctuary was the table of showbread? The courtyard, the holy, or the most holy place? Is this a part of the show where I get to read yeah, text messages as well? Too, we want, they're we, coming in hot and heavy. We want and you I to want do this. that. Okay, check this out. Um, we got a big birthday celebration for our boy here, <laughs> Lawson from Braden. Happy birthday for Saturday, oh, Lawson. Thanks, man. Then Bruce and Liz uh-huh. send uh, their regards, birthday blessings, Lawson. And I just want to read these out. Prayer hands, the little tiny confetti explosion emoji, uh-huh. cake on fire, uh-huh. red balloon. Uh huh. Boom. Touched. <laughs> then finally, Truly. Janelle says, Congratulations to Lyle and Shell. On the arrival of your granddaughter, Audrey, and to her parents, such a blessing from the Lord. Small baby face emoji. And then this is one of my favorites, heart emoji with the yellow ribbon. So it's not just a regular heart, but this this thing is wrapped in care from the Lord. Man, Boom. you're really deciphering these hieroglyphs oh, here. They, I am all about the modern-day hieroglyphs. I just send... Uh-huh. Full emoji text to people with no context. Never do One that. One of my to me. favorite things. Never, never <laughs> ever do that to me. Please tell me what you mean. I'm, I will I'm get I'm going to do this right now. <laughs> Just candy cane. <laughs> Good luck. I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, is, I'm, I'm done. Christmas is coming up soon, but you know, I'm going to send you just a present box. There with, you go. And you have to unwrap it. That's mm-hmm. part of the emoji. All right, um, we, we're going to keep going here. We're having a fun time. Mm. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's time for our encounter with God. Yeah, we're going to do a Bible study. And we're going to do a Bible study yeah. on that, okay? Yeah. Do we have a jingle for the encounter No, with no, God? We, just, we just do it. Okay, because I was, I was worried that if we did, you would then try to do that jingle. Uh-huh. 
Oh, uh-huh. we got another oh, we text, got message text message coming in. We got text messages. It's getting wild. Uh, I I don't see it yet. I see just a a ball turning, like the little typing thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's but it's, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Um, while we're waiting as uh-huh. well too. What are we actually studying for the encounter with God? We are talking about our lesson for this week, resurrections before the cross. Whoa, whoa. Before? I know about you know, the, the resurrection. resurrection. Yeah, yeah, but we're talking about prior Resur- to the cross. Yeah. Ooh. There was, there was, Ooh, there was I'm a, thinking. There was a couple that went down. Some in the NT and the OT. That's right. Whoa. That's right. We're going to actually, we're going to be starting with some some OT stuff right here. Getting into what the Bible says, but did you? But well, before we do, oh yeah, this text message has come through. Lawson, twenty twenty two minus eighteen forty four equals not one hundred and seventy two. You said one hundred and seventy two years. Pretty sure it should be one hundred seventy eight years. Oh. David Pinzone from Adelaide. Did you just get bested at your own? Probably. I I don't I don't study mathematics. <laughs> the last time I I, I love you're just like. I don't do math. I, I'm not. That's not I'm what not I a do. math guy. You know. And actually, like, in Australia, you guys say maths with an S. Yeah, that's right. That's where you messed up the the six the, years. Yeah. When you add the S, it just totally throws off. I, the- I, I was, I was, you know, I was thrown off. I'm, I'm, I'm I am, yeah, not, not a professional. One seventy eight. Uh huh. That's wild. Is. I, you know what? I'm, no, I'm no, questioning that. <laughs> okay. I want to know right now. Get the calculator. Who's right? David or Lawson live on the air. Do your calculations. 2022 minus 1844 equals. That's 178. Oh! Yeah. So I was incorrect. C- congratulations. Lawson, you finally got me. <laughs> we got you. And, oh, dude, that's that's crazy. You've led all those people astray at your sermon because you said 172 on Saturday. I, no, I'm pretty and sure I, I said followed you like a sheep. I'm pretty sure I said 178, but, you know, I, I changed it. You know, you over switched time. it up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I, I forgot what I had. How old, are, how old are you turning? I am 24 now. Okay, wow, 24 years old. So uh-huh. that's wild, dude. 98, yeah. You're a 98 kid. That's yeah. I have a son who's the same age as you. Yep. He's, wow, that makes me feel old. But he's married. <laughs> yeah, he's married. And That's I'm true. not. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But you're on radio. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm living my best life. Truly. Truly. Just All right. Getting Let's get into this uh, Bible study here before things get way out of control mm. here on air live. I'm getting the... Uh, I'm getting the vibes from Shell. Like yeah. we just got to rain let's, this in let's, right let's now. Let's get it done. Okay. Hey, let's go to our first text for the week. I'm ready. To let's go. go to John chapter 11, 25 and 26. An absolutely classic verse in regards to the resurrection. Oh, I guess I'm gonna. Totally... I have it right here. Oh yeah, go for it. Okay. Read it. So uh, this is John chapter 11, verse 25, 26. Hey, I like to pray just before I always for read sure. the word of God. So let's just say a word of prayer here real quick. Mm. Father in heaven, as we study your word, please give us mm. wisdom and understanding. Pour out your spirit upon us. And, and everyone who's listening, help us to understand and know that as we follow you, as we read your word, you can guide us ever closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die forever. Do you believe this? Ooh. Wow. So, what do you you think, Blake? 
What are your What are your reflections? What are your thoughts? Well, the first the first thing that comes to my mind. I always like context, and I just for for you listening today, uh, John eleven is actually the story of Lazarus, mm. right? And so you might be thinking, hey, what's Jesus talking about when we're talking about the resurrection and the life? It's right in the middle of this story. Um, I, I can't remember if it's Mary or Martha who comes up and talks to him about this, but basically, you know, uh, she's upset because Jesus didn't come when she wanted him to mm. to arrive. And Jesus then explains to her, hey, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die forever. Do mm. you believe this? And so there's this context happening here. Lazarus has passed away. And he, Jesus is about to reveal that he has power over mm-hmm. death and life, mm-hmm. right? And he has this ability uh, to bring those who have fallen asleep, mm. you know? And so interesting, in that story as well, too, we have a clear picture and a clear understanding of falling asleep, mm. right? You know, that death is asleep. Jesus literally explains in that chapter more than any other chapter, very specifically, death is asleep. And I really... Mm-hmm. I really like that. And, and Jesus is the one who has power over that resurrection and the life. Mm. I think when I read this verse in reviewing, and you said, you know, it's great to get into context. In reviewing what the rest of the Bible says, this is actually a bit of a consummation of something that had been an ongoing experience and people had been trying to understand in the Old Testament. Essentially, the concept of a resurrection is not new to the people. Right. There, right. We, we're, and we're going to get into some verses where we see people reflecting on it and talking about it. But the concept of resurrection in and of itself, that's what they look forward to. Absolutely. Uh, but then it's like, oh, well, what is the means by which we are resurrected? We look forward to a time in which we will be resurrected. What is that means? That's where Jesus steps up and says, hey, that's me. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. It's so funny having you here in the studio because you're the ad guy and, and, and we're like, oh, we throw it over to you, you like do an ad. But then it's you're just you're just here talking. I'm the us. ad guy. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, is, that weirded me out as well, too. I'm like, who's going to be? I heard this like intro and then I was like, hey, that's, that's, that's me speaking. You. I yeah. <laughs> ad guy back. Okay, mm. I, I want to get into, I, I really want to get into what you're talking about here. Let's yeah. talk about some resurrections, mm-hmm. new T and OT. Yeah. Okay, Old Testament, New Testament. There's some examples that we see. The two witnesses. We did, ooh, ooh definitely. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We, 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 see some, we see some examples from the Old Testament, but firstly, I want to have a look at some reflections, right? Okay. I want to have a look at times in which people were just talking about it. When they just, we can, we can look at some examples there are a few of them, but what, it's like, okay, but was this something that was theologically understood and, and widespread within biblical thinking amongst the prophets, amongst those who were expositors of the Bible? Was that what they believe? And by expositors of the Bible, I don't mean expositors today. I mean those who were literally writing the Bible right under there, inspiration. Yeah. Let's talk about going to Job. Yeah, I was just going to say, my boy Job is like one of my favorite stories. We had this, uh, where are we going, like 19? Job 19, yeah. Okay, yeah. so while we go there, I I had this argument with a girl at, in the Sabbath school class, uh-huh. right? We're, we're going through Bible study class, having a Bible discussion at Uni Church after your sermon, <laughs> 
And uh, this girl and I had a very heated discussion. What are you doing in my chest? I know. I well, I I, mean, I was. I didn't try to be heated, but like we we were we disagreed on when Job was alive. Oh, okay. yeah. And and I did some research on this, and I'm not really sure. Uh-huh. I know it was before Abraham, or at least Abraham's time, or before. Yes. Like for but but I was even saying like, hey, well, it could have been pre-flood. Mm-hmm. But I, but then I was like, I don't know. And there's not really any indication one way or the other. It's, I would say it's definitely not pre-flood. But so I was thinking, yeah, I was kind of thinking that. But then this is interesting. Someone was saying when God is speaking to Job in chapter 40, he's talking about the Leviathan and the behemoth. He's making a reference to an animal that Job would have seen. And so that would be pre-flood. And so my brain, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I, I literally don't know. It's just a thought. It's that a thought. being said, I, I, I we're, we're a bit sidetracked. But that being said, the, the behemoth and the leviathan, yeah. uh, like animals that because we say okay, well they, that's a reference to prehistoric, you know, like Jurassic, and and I I use that in the aesthetic term, not in the literal. I don't right, believe the, in the, the era. I don't term. believe in the Jurassic era. Right. Uh, I believe in dinosaurs, but. Dinosaurs. But we also, you know, we subscribe to a biblical view of the right, age right. of the earth. Um, he's and there's so- a lot of evidence for creation science on the age of the young earth. That's right. And we, we we get all John Ashton and all kinds of guys on here every single week. And they, and they we have fantastic evidence to believe that. But um, what I see is, yeah, the, the, the Leviathan and the Behemoth were potentially animals that could have gone on the ark. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Just, we don't have them now. We just don't have them now. Like, animals go extinct before the flood and after the flood. In fact, the point of the ark was so that animals don't go extinct. Perfect example, dodos. Yeah. yeah. A perfect they, example. A perfect example. So, but that being said, and and also, I'm, I'm like, I, I would be against the idea of... Um, Joe being before the Pre- flood, flood because because it seems as you know it refers to him as like one of the wisest men in a particular area and so this is after you know a, a Ooh, great uh, like population has spread through it calls him you know one of the greatest men of the east and so there is there has been you know uh, spread throughout the land not that there would have wouldn't have been immigration immigration well like spread of you know nations and whatnot before the flood but i i feel like it's a post flood yeah. context it's, honestly it's one of those things that like i, I kind of agree with you just so yeah. you know but it is definitely one of those things that we will not know mm-hmm. until we're in heaven with jesus mm-hmm. like that's one thing that i mean we can have an idea mm-hmm. but that's one of those ones that's like and mm-hmm. the, the thing is it matters not like there are some issues where like that doesn't like impact our understanding that Job had a direct relationship with God. That's right. And especially here in chapter 19, verse 25 to mm-hmm. 27, and I'll, I'll read this. Yeah. Um, Job has this amazing understanding of death and life and resurrection and how our redeemer is all interconnected with that. Mm. And so he says here in verse 25, Job's writing for, I know that my redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. And my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Mm. I love I love this passage because, okay, it shows us a few things uh, about Job's understanding. And he just breaks down what the process of dying and resurrection is. Right, like, like right. he has such a supreme 
understanding, like such a clear understanding of how it is that this takes place. You know, starting off in verse 25, he's like, as I know that, uh, you know, but as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives and he will stand upon the earth at last, or at last he will stand upon the earth. Job understands that he will see his Redeemer and his Redeemer will live um, when he sees him at the last. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, he's not saying here, oh, just before I die, I'm going to see my Redeemer, or even when I die. He says, at the last, I will see him on the earth. Mm. I was, I'm not, he doesn't say anything here about, in regards to his death. He knows he's going to die before Jesus comes back. He knows, you know, he's not going to see Jesus or God before he dies. Uh, even though, you know, it's God who does speak to him and talk to him and, and converses with him. But he says here, he's like, I know that my Redeemer lives. Um, he will stand upon the earth at last. So he's like, yep, that, that's when he is going to come and I will see him. And then it's like, oh, well, when, when is that? After my body has decayed, so after my body has, what does yours say? You're something skin about skin is destroyed. Skin is destroyed. That is a clear reference to death. We're not talking. Sure. We're not talking about someone who's eczema. alive here. We're not, we're, not, we're, not eczema, <laughs> we're not talking about eczema. We're not talking about acne. We're talking about someone whose flesh has rotten away fully, fully, because fully they, because they've died. But then it continues to say, "It's like, and yet in my body, right, I will see God." He doesn't say. He doesn't say yet in heaven. Right. He doesn't say, yet when I'm, you know, floating up there as an immortal soul, he says, no, at the last I will see my Redeemer. It will be after my skin has decayed, so when I'm dead, and I will see him in my body. For sure. We see here this this absolutely clear understanding from Job. I'm going to die, and then I'm going to be resurrected, and I'm going to see for my myself, redeemer. For, for myself, for myself, mm. um, and and this is an interesting thought. Just a little sidetrack as well. I want to I want to do here. Mm. He, it's after his skin is destroyed, but in his flesh or in his body, he shall see his redeemer live again. Uh, it, this reminds me of Jesus's resurrected body, mm. where it's like there's still holes in his hands, mm. there's still hole in his side and his feet, and yet. He's able to kind of morph through walls where the disciples are waiting, and yep. then boom, he appears. So it's fully a body, but it also has these the spiritual capacity that mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Uh, but I think that's a discussion for another time. But I do want to say, like, this is fully body, but also in a celestial or, or spiritual mm. sense. It's just different than what we have now. Mm. And I think this is incredibly important because we consider Job to be one of the first books of the Bible written. I, I think it now, was the first. Now, he's yeah. not the earliest figure of the Bible. That's no. Adam and Eve. That's God. That's Satan. Right. Uh, but that was written down retroactively by Moses. Moses, yep. Moses he and, receives the visions and writes it down. And Job, too, I think. I think I, I'm... I, yeah, I there, are people, there are scholars who are pretty confident that it was Moses who, who wrote, Job. wrote Job. But we see, yeah, Job as one of the, the first books written about this great man from the east that's the other reason why i would i would say that like he job was more a contemporary of moses than a contemporary of you know noah that's it's kind right. of my thing or maybe, maybe more of abraham's time abraham's time like yeah. but but closer still and that's why abraham was was writing about him but regardless we see this person who exists incredibly early in the time frame of humanity 
just expositing and having clear convictions and conclusions about what it is that the Bible says about death. And same as well as Abraham, as Paul writes in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, reflecting on Abraham and his experience of the binding of Isaac, you know, taking Isaac up to the mountain. The reason Abraham was confident to offer Isaac up, as the Bible says clearly in Hebrews 11, is because he knew that God had the power to raise Isaac from the dead. And and there's power in God's word. Like God mm-hmm. speaks, we're talking about creation, and it yep. was so. God, uh, God's word has this both creative capacity, but also it's recreative That's capacity right. for that resurrection. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. That was Braden and Elise Enterman with With God, When God Speaks. I love those guys so much. Yeah. Shout out those dudes just <laughs> getting it done, living their best lives. They were in Australia briefly, but now back gallivanting in the, well, not Scandinavia, Finland. Finland is... Yeah, it's Nordic. Is Nordic. But not and if you, if you call Finland, like people from Finland, if you say they're Scandinavian, they will correct you. Oh, I thought you were going to say they will fight you. Yeah, no. <laughs> they will they, fight you. No, Finns are really peaceful people. They're super peaceful and nice, yeah. but they're like, um, I, no, yeah. we're Nordic. <laughs> yeah, we're Nordic. I, I spent some time in Finland over the summer, and it was awesome. Like, mm. what a cool place. Went to AYC Europe there. Mm. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was basically like 3,000 young people who were learning about the Bible and uh, I mean, and me. Mm-hmm. So it's 3,000 young people and me. You're young. <laughs> ah, not as young as those guys. For <laughs> sure. um, and it was it was pretty cool. Like I, I really enjoyed watching um, just this group of people coming together, studying the Bible for like a week in mm. Finland. It was awesome. In Lotti, Finland. Uh-huh. Okay. I I do not speak Finnish, but what does that mean? Lotti, just the land. Oh, like, like, well, land no, 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 no. Lotti is the city that we were uh-huh. in. Lotti. Oh, you're yeah. in Lotti, Finland. Lotti. Oh, okay. Lotti, I thought Finland. you were saying like hello or something. No. <laughs> uh, but hey, we're going to have another question for the quiz, our ooh, final ooh, question ooh. for the quiz. In which chapter does... Peter's ladder appear? In which chapter does Peter's ladder appear? 0491-064-669. In which chapter does Peter's ladder appear? If you know the answer to that one, you go in the draw to win Bibleopoly. But again, 0491-064-669. In which chapter does Peter's ladder appear? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which chapter Peter's ladder appear? We got another text here. I was getting a little uh-huh. distracted. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Are you ready for the text? Uh-huh. Uh, it's a wild one. Uh-huh. Okay. This is from David from Adelaide. Uh, he's listening in saying, gents. And first off, if you ever text me with the word gents first, I'm already intrigued. Uh-huh. Like if you're like, oh, gents, you know, I'm just like, whoa, I'm ready. Like uh-huh. whatever you want to say, like let's do this. So uh-huh. gents, is it not interesting that Leviathan is written Leviathan with a little dash in between. Uh-huh. King David and Isaiah spoke of Leviathan too. I wonder if there is some esoteric connection mm. we have not yet seen. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Not exactly sure what that means, but I'm I'm intrigued to see that. Mostly because of the word gents at the beginning of the text. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes me feel very British and very like proper, which is something I never feel. So all, automatically I'm already happy about that. But yeah, the, the Leviathan, that is, it's an interesting story. It's a, mm. an interesting thing to think about what that Leviathan is, mm. you know? 
Um, and again, some esoteric meaning that we, we're not kind of up on privy, right now. Not we're, privy we're, to. to we're, we're not in, but they, they were kind of in. I have no idea. I'm no, not sure. When it comes to the Bible, I think, what are, you know, there are people like, well, we get uh, people on here to talk about creation science and those kinds of things. That is an area that I am not well studied in. But, yeah. uh, well, I've heard a lot and I listen a lot and I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, but, no, creation, creation science is one of my favorite topics, actually. I was... Mm. You know, when I'm sharing with people uh, about the Bible, intelligent design and the idea that we're not an accident, mm. but we're created in Amen. the image of God, mm. that's a powerful message. Mm. And it, it just changes your whole course of why you do what you do in life and how mm. you live your life. Mm. Let's go to, speaking of living. Yeah, we're talking about being resurrected <laughs> yeah. this morning. Let's go to some more verses. Let's go to I'm Psalm ready. 49 and verse 15. Psalm 49 and verse 15. The Bible says, But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Selah. Mm. So we see, again, another powerful verse in Psalm 49 here. Like, what, what, what I see, and again, how I kind of introed our segment, introed our Bible study, we see Jesus making this, this incredible statement in John chapter 11. I am the resurrection and the life. And today, when we look back at the people, most people are like, oh, well, he said that because he would resurrect. Mm. But this is a consistent theme throughout the Bible where each one of the believers from their different era, they had this common and mutual understanding that this earth is not our home. There is something better that we're looking forward to. That will come at the time of the resurrection. One thing I want to just bring up. Yeah, that's true. One thing I want to bring up about this, though, is the Psalms. They're written before the Greeks. Yeah. Okay. The Greeks come in. They're getting kind of crazy with the Greek stuff, Greek philosophy, Greek ideas, Greek dualism, mm-hmm. right? And so then you have this idea of an immortal soul. Uh-huh. That was not around when this was written. Yeah. So when we're reading Psalms and it's saying, but God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. They're talking about me as a mm. person. So I'm a soul. You're a soul. Mm. Shell's a soul in there too, uh, in the mm. producer box over there. Yeah. Like we have soul. Like we don't have souls. We are Our souls. souls. Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so it's important when we read that in the scriptures, Greek dualism and the idea of the soul separated from the body, this is way after the scriptures are written. That's right. Now we're living in a context where that's just a common thought process of like, oh, our soul is ascending. Like, no, no, no. That is a whole Greek philosophy that has mm. nothing to do with what they believed in the scriptures. So when they're saying my soul is going to go and see, they're saying I am. Mm. I am going to see mm-hmm. God. Right? And and that was actually like the 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 contention point between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Like you have a bunch of Sadducees, they are Greek like Pharisees, they're like claim to be the Jews, Jews, Jews. They're like, we're the most Jewish of the Jews, and that's right. who we are, in, you know, at Jesus' time in the first century. You've got the Pharisees who are, uh, sorry, the Sadducees who are Greek-trained Hebrew theologians, essentially. Ooh. That, that, that's who, and, and they don't believe. In the resurrection. Right. Yeah. They're like, oh, and why wouldn't you believe in a resurrection? Well, the belief in the immortality of the soul negates the need for a, a resurrection. Yeah, because that's a great, that's a super good point. Like, mm-hmm. uh, why would you need to be resurrected if you're in heaven? Mm-hmm. So, like, the, there's a common thought in Christianity today mm. that when you die, you go up to heaven. Especially in America, where I'm from, mm-hmm. like, all the Southern Baptists are like, man, 
you know, isn't it so good? He's up there just looking down on us now. Mm. And I'm just like, well, the Bible actually doesn't teach that. Mm. You know, uh, we're asleep. We're resting, waiting mm. for the resurrection of life. That's right. That is to come. That's right. And yeah, this is what we see as we make our way through the Bible. Again, this idea of resurrection is taught. Again, this is the important point. It's like, okay, you know, uh, but maybe you just think, oh, but that's your view. That's your interpretation of the Bible. But each point that we're hitting so far in each different biblical era of how they understood the process of death and salvation, we see that they're always pointing to a resurrection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not Which would be unneeded <laughs> if you were in heaven. Like Literally, a resurrection is pointless, mm. right, if... You're already in heaven with the Lord after you die. Like, mm. what, what are we going to do? We're going to just, like, light speed warp you back down into the grave just so you can come back up again? Makes no sense. It's illogical. It's, mm. it's an unreasonable thought, right? And so what we, what we really need to understand is how Greek dualism and, philo- like, philosophical concepts have kind of crept their way into church. And when, when we kind of debunk that and pull out all the pieces of the puzzle, we can start to recognize and see the picture that the Bible is clearly sharing and clearly showing us as well, too. Mm. I see you over here digging into some scriptures over here, Lawson. Uh, what do you I'm, want to share? I'm just having a look at the book of Daniel because we get Ooh. to the end of his life. And this is the the end of the book of Daniel is what I was preaching about uh, yeah. this weekend. But we see, you know, we come to verse 13. It says, as for you, go your way. Until the time of the end, you'll rest, and then at the end of days, you'll rise again and receive an inheritance set aside for you. Right, and the term end of days is a reference to the end of time. The end of time. When Jesus comes back, again, you will rest until the end of days. He'll be... Sleep. He'll be... The long sleep. He'll be zizzing. (laughs) He'll be hitting the Zs, and then at the end, when it is that Jesus comes back, which is, by the way entirely what the book of Daniel is about, the end of time when Jesus comes back, then at that time, you'll rise again to your inheritance. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And now it's time for question of the day, right? Yeah, but before we get into it, we go through our answers for the quiz questions. Ooh. So, starting off, the first answer, what nation realized they had become an obnoxious stench to David's nostrils? That was the Ammonites. Uh, Those dirty Ammonites. (laughs) Sorry, if there's any Ammonites listening, I apologize for my comments. I don't think there are any Ammonites Well, if there are, I just want to say I am sorry. What quality did Timothy have that his grandmother and mother also had? Sincere faith, which animal is considered unclean in the book of Leviticus? It was rabbit. I was thinking rabbits. That's right. In which goat's pretty gross. Goat, I just, I've had a lot of goat, goat in Africa. And not a, not a big amazing. Thing I, I love, I love, love it. it. Like I'm vegan, but I. <laughs> well, that's why you like it. Great. Yeah, so it was great. <laughs> um, in which compartment of the sanctuary was the table of showbread? It was in the holy place. And bonus question. The bonus question: What does it represent? It represents eating the showbread. Represents ingesting, understanding the word of God. Mm, and then, furthermore, it's the example of David eating the showbread that the book of Hebrews uses to say, oh, well, Christ, you know, it's, you know, heavenly sanctuary, all these kinds of things. Uh, and finally, in which chapter does Peter's ladder appear? It's in Second Peter chapter 1. But right now it is time for... Question of the day. Oh, all right, sorry, our dancing. question of the day this morning comes from Margie, and this is actually a comment on the Bible study that we did about a week ago. She says, the verse he shared on the 12th 
of the silver cord that can be loose or the golden bowl broken or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, the wheel broken in the cistern. You said the silver cord and the golden bowl meant incontinence. What about the broken picture, the broken pitcher and the wheel? Okay, so first, I actually want to talk about the silver cord. Uh So I just want to get into that first. So most scholars believe that the silver cord is actually a reference to the spinal cord, the Uh marrow in the spinal cord uh, of the backbone, uh, which comes straight from the brain all the way goes down and kind of just controls the whole body through the nerves and everything like that. And then when that is severed or loosed, you know, then you're no longer alive. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what were the other two? So I wanted to mention that one first, and then what's the other other two? And then we said? had the golden bowl, the pitcher uh, broken, the the wheel broken at the cistern okay. as well. So, I mean... All of these are symbols of people coming all, to the end yeah, of their life. They're all symbols, but uh, symbolically what it is thought to be is that cistern that we're talking about is uh-huh. the left ventricle of the heart. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the pitcher, basically, you know, broken the fountain, broken the cistern, not being able to bring, those are the veins that are not able to actually bring the blood back to the left ventricle of the heart. Wow. Right? And so it's kind of a, it's an allegorical way of saying where you don't get blood back in your heart. You mm. know? Uh, and then, did you say the other one was the wheel? Yeah, the wheel. And so, so uh, many scholars believe that this uh, is the great artery, which is joined uh, to that left ventricle of the heart. Uh, and, and that's why it's kind of the wheel and so fittingly called because it's the first and great instrument of this rotation of circulation of the blood. So this wheel on the other side of the ventricle, right, this is the artery that is turning and pumping all of the blood back through the body. And when that breaks, mm. you're dead. You're gone. You're gone, skis. Yeah. So you're no more. So all of them, I mean, symbolically, all of them are a reference to you're dead. (laughs) But they're all specific allegories about Mm. ways in which you are dead. So the blood's not pumping. Spinal cord's not working. Yeah. And I think that really reflects the wisdom of Solomon and how much of a learned, like, educated dude he was. Gentleman and a scholar. He's writing this, well, like... Over 3,000 years ago? It does make you think, like, how did he understand the workings of all those things? But he was wise. He was wise. And he definitely wrote it at that time. Oh, for sure. Because, like, whether it was 3,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago or 1,000 years ago, we know, we know it was 3,000 years ago. But our earliest manuscripts of the Bible still go into ancient times. And it's like, that is wild. It is, it is wild. Like, uh, think of all the information that wasn't written down that has actually been lost over time. Mm. There, there's a lot of really wise saints. So I'm so thankful that Solomon was able to impart and to share this wisdom of the heart, mm. the fragile heart. Mm. And uh, now we're going to dive into our last and final piece of the puzzle. Mm. It's time for the end of the show. And I'm, yep. I'm sad, but I'm happy at the mm. same time because I, I really got to go to the bathroom. So I'm uh-huh. out of here. So. <laughs> Let's, let's wrap this thing up here, Watson. Help me out. Hey, man. All right. We also got uh, a, a clarification text from uh-huh. uh, our guy David in Adelaide. Uh-huh. My apology, gents. Uh-huh. We got the gents again. Uh-huh. I meant that Leviathan starts with Levi as in the tribe of Levi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That is the esoteric connection that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Could there be some esoteric connection with the Levites? Mm-hmm. Bum, bum. They rode oh. the Leviathan. Whoa! 
Hot take. That that Lawson. Hot take. That you heard it here first. Of faith of him. <laughs> Lawson said the Levites rode the Leviathans to church. <laughs> That's crazy. That is that that is uh, yeah. Wait till I write my essay. Okay, you know. Wait till I get my dissertation. Wait out for of the that. research. Yeah, that's right. I'm, okay, I want that due tomorrow morning. <laughs> that's right. Well, hey, uh, Tazian Gantus is coming up right after this. You've been listening to the breakfast show. Get in, call that number, and remember to talk faith, to live faith, act faith, and, and you'll you will grow, grow strong, strong in, in Jesus Christ. Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.